Okay, let's get you the latest on Omicron and COVID. Here's Dr. Peter Uni, head of the Ontario Science Table, and he joins us once again here on Global News Radio. Dr. Uni, good afternoon and Happy New Year. Good afternoon to about the 2022 to you. All right. Uh, since you and I last spoke, uh, we've seen a huge increase in cases as Omicron has taken hold. Many have had it or know somebody who has had it. And the sentiment mm -hmm. out there right now, Dr. Uni, seems to be that it's mild, that the symptoms are generally mild. Does the science table, do you have enough data to declare that Omicron is mild or a milder variant? Um, I think um, we are relatively confident to say that the risk of hospital admissions, given infection, and uh, given you know the same amount of protection through two doses of a vaccine versus no dose, all of that is the same, that the risk is about half to be admitted to the hospital and about a quarter to be admitted to the ICU, which is in itself good news, a good start. But remember, this thing is so transmissible. This means if you have four times less patients per infection on the ICU, you just need to wait for 10 days and then you have four times as many cases and you have compensated for that. That's the major challenge. Transmission always trumps severity if it comes to challenges for the healthcare system. Okay, I was going to ask you that. So that's what you and the science table, you've got your eyes on right now is caseload and hospitalization, not necessarily severity of symptoms. Uh, well, you know, the severity of symptoms, if people stay home, um, this is less of a challenge. It's really the, what what this uh, important is, is that our healthcare system doesn't collapse. And it's very challenging right now as we speak, of course. I want to ask you, too, about uh, schools, of course, which has been a major headline this week. Uh, it's online learning, remote learning for Ontario schools for the next couple of weeks. Are we on target, do you think, for return to class by January 17th? And what exactly is the science table looking at there? And can you tell us what's being done right now? Because I think a lot of educators, a lot of parents, yeah. a lot of students as well are very interested, uh, want to know what's happening in these uh, next two weeks. Yeah, look, this is really, really important that we move as fast as we can and uh, get back to normal in inverted commas if it comes to schools. I think um, we are hopefully relatively well on track there. As a matter of fact, this afternoon, the science table is meeting to discuss about schools because for us, that's one of the most important aspects. And I know there were a lot of people, you know, also among decision makers um, who were agonizing about schools. And I really hope we will have a situation where we're able to go back to in-person learning as planned right now, 17th of January. What we need to be aware of is this, there is no such thing right now anywhere in the community that we can say it's safe. What we can say is it will be safer if we do X, Y, Z. No? So that will be the important part here. We shouldn't have illusions. Right now, Omicron is so frequent, as, as you have said, you know, everybody knows somebody who actually was, was, uh, was ill, just has fallen ill or infected. This will be the same. We will see community transmission also reflected in schools, but we can try to do all of that as good as it gets and make sure that schools are really now the first thing to open um, uh, when we when we see you know that things just get a little bit more stable right now you know we will not be able to see yet the impact of the restrictions that just started but um, hopefully in wastewater relatively soon we will start to see that things become more stable than they used to be during the last few weeks 
So is it just a case that we're looking at case load here and whether it starts declining in the next couple of weeks? Or what is it that the science no. table is going to be meeting about and recommending when it comes to getting back to the classroom? So don't fall into the trap and interpret the caseload anymore. You can't, no. We have a problem. Our testing system is overwhelmed and also our testing strategy needed to change because the testing system was so overwhelmed, meaning the case counts right now, the only thing you can say about them, they're really high, but that's all. You can't interpret the slope. You wouldn't be able to tell, oh, it's getting flat, that's real. Forget it. Therefore, we will need new parameters. And as a matter of fact, I've had uh, multiple meetings now with uh, my colleagues from wastewater surveillance. I hope that wastewater surveillance will be to our help. And then we'll need to continue to look at um, test positivity to a certain extent, we can use some additional parameters to, uh, to uh, understand a little bit where we're going um, that uh, is related just to the viral load we observe in people who are diagnosed with COVID, but the rest will then be um, hospital occupancy and ICU occupancy. So it will be a combination and it will be much more challenging to navigate that part of the pandemic compared with previously. Why? Previously, our testing system was never as overwhelmed as it is right now. All right, let's talk a bit about that because we got word from Ottawa yesterday that 140 million more rapid tests will be sent to the provinces and the territories sometime this month. Just how welcomed is that news? How needed are these rapid tests? Oh, I think it can really contribute well to diagnose COVID. What is important right now to understand is with Omicron, again, the game has changed. I've talked about that, you know, uh, in, with, uh, with various people. Um, if you have a negative test, you're not really able anymore to interpret this thing well. Why? It seems that Omicron gets infectious much earlier at lower viral loads than previous variants. And this means rapid tests at the beginning after you've been exposed and are about you know to become symptomatic um, will become less um, easily positive so the sensitivity is less as compared a rapid test in the presence of the delta variant or the alpha variant meaning even if you have the disease, but you don't yet know, a rapid test will only be positive in about 50% of the cases. And together with the fact that Omicron is so prevalent in the population now, you know, there are so many people, five to perhaps 10% of people are currently infectious. This means negative tests can't be used as a reason to say, Ray, everything is okay. However, if a test is positive, you're almost certainly indeed having COVID right now as we speak. All right, just finally, uh, Omicron, has it, uh, you mentioned changed the game. Has it really changed the game when it comes to the end game here and turning this pandemic into an endemic? Uh, might this variant actually change the uh, timeline here as to when we might see, you know, again, this pandemic become an endemic? Yes, that's a really good question. Um, so what we will see is that at the end of the Omicron wave, nearly everybody, you know, I can't tell you how, how high, but 95 to 98% of the population will have been exposed to the virus. And a lot of them will have be, be, uh, become infected, but many of them, if they have had two vaccine doses without symptoms or with very little symptoms, for instance, with three doses, um, uh, more people will probably not get infected than infected. And what we also will see, obviously, is that all those who remain unvaccinated will have had uh, an infection and therefore immunity through Omicron. And this will change the face of the pandemic 
if nearly everybody has some sort of immunity, not perfect, but some sort of immunity, this means that the prognosis of everybody will change and we will see um, serious outcomes a lot less frequently and therefore the risk for the healthcare system to be overwhelmed will be much lower. So I can't tell you, okay, after the Omicron wave, we're in endemicity. But what I can tell you is that this Omicron wave will move us much closer to endemicity than anything before. And since uh, Omicron is luckily for all of us, that's just dumb luck, nothing else, is a, a bit less severe and results in a lower risk of hospital and ICU admission, it will come with less challenges for us than everything before. That's the good news. The bad news is it's so transmissible that if we're not careful, our healthcare system will collapse. All right. Got to leave it there for now, Dr. Uni. Appreciate your time as always. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot. All right. During Global News Radio. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the ring.